I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And we coming from a basement to your headphones. Barely even know who we are, but changing the unknown. In a while, topping the Thank you for downloading the podcast, Theanos. Now, here are your hosts, Jordan Hall and Eric Wayne. What is up, everybody? This is the podcast, Theanos, presented by Moots Pizzeria and Bar. Before or after the game at Comerica, stop in to Moots Pizzeria for a slice. You won't be disappointed. And obviously, it's postseason now. Uh, get down here, even if there's not a game. Detroit is beautiful, not so much tonight, but many nights it is beautiful this time of year. Uh, we are live once again in the heart of the D, downtown Detroit on Library Street at Moots Pizza. I'm joined again by Alex Urban. Alex, how are we tonight? I'm wonderful, Jordan. Thank you again for having me. Always a pleasure. Um, it's great that you're always so willing to meet me down here um, on Library Street. Halloween, it's coming up. We're going to get this episode out slightly before Halloween. I feel like it's kind of a sticking point, specifically in my family. For whatever reason, Whitney hates Halloween. How do you feel about it? You know what? I, I'm going to have to side with Whitney here. I'm not a big Halloween guy. But let me preface that. I'm a, I'm a fan of blow-up costumes and silly Halloween and fun Halloween okay, parties. Okay, so you like silly Halloween as opposed yes. to like spooky Halloween. I'm not into the gore. I don't like to go to haunted houses where somebody jumps out and I almost piss myself or anything like that. Um, but you know, so, some funny cow costume. That's where I mean, that's where I'm at. <laughs> Have you ever done a, like, a haunted house? Does is that fear come from a specific memory? Just very begrudgingly. Um, and it's funny because I pop out and jump out and like, with people at work and at home with my <laughs> wife. Like I'll be hiding around the corner. But like when when the tables are turned, I hate it. Classic. You can dish it out, but can't take it. <laughs> that's 100 percent me. Do you have an all time great costume that Ooh. you either you've done or you've seen? So uh, I will say every year my wife and I go as a couple's costume. Oh, okay. Uh, so a couple here that we've done this year, we're going to be skeletons. She's pregnant, so we got skeleton uh, T-shirts, and she's got a little skeleton on the, the so belly area. So she's got the, the baby skeleton is represented. Yep, yep, That's yep. very cool. But in previous years, we've been uh, Jurassic Park Rangers, our, our favorite uh, movie, uh, in ice cream and an ice cream scooper. And That's we went cool. to a party in Grand Rapids, and some guy heckled me because he thought I was dressed as a steak and shake chef. Because I had the apron and everything. <laughs> and then finally, uh, we were Calvin and Johnson. Oh. Calvin and Hobbes, sorry. Oh, I was going to say. I got say, the lion's losses on my mind. <laughs> I, was say, I, I get how you would be one of those. I, don't, I feel like it could get <laughs> real graphic trying to depict <laughs> Johnson. Um, so you might appreciate this if you're a big uh, Jurassic Park fan. 
We recently took a long weekend in St. Louis, and on the way we stayed in Springfield, Illinois, um, in a hotel. And it was like a dinosaur fossil convention. I needed more information. So it was this... It was kind of a, a random hotel. It clearly used to be a country inn in suites. But all of the rooms on the first floor had these, like, dinosaur pun signs outside that, like, was their, I don't know, maybe their favorite dinosaur or whatever fossils they had. And the doors were open. And there's people milling in and about, like, looking at other people's fossil collections. I would like to know where this place is. We're going to talk after this podcast. <laughs> it was, to be fair, it wasn't, like... It was a convention that was like happened that weekend. I don't think it was like oh, a permanent. I see. Okay, that would so be a something very like, strange. Like hotel. Ross Geller would go to. Oh yes. our least favorite TV character. <laughs> Hi, I'm here for the paleontologist convention. That's, that that's exactly right. Yeah, he Got would. It. To be fair, some based on some of the people I saw there, he would be easily the coolest guy in that. That's saying a lot. Yeah, they saw. Um, you know the like yellow jeeps in Jurassic oh Park. Oh my god! Yeah, there was at least two of those in the parking lot. I'm like. Dang, people just really like that movie. That's serious. And then we walked in and we're like, oh, no, that makes, <laughs> yes, that makes okay, sense. Okay, got it. <laughs> Did see a fellow with a University of Michigan archaeology shirt on, so Whoa. at least we were represented right. in that capacity. For better or worse. For Very better or worse. Um, so my favorite Halloween costume, yeah, I'm not necessarily a big Halloween guy. I'm okay. kind of like you, like, you know, silly is fine or whatever. Like Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. That's that's the point of Halloween for oh, me. Yeah. Um but my dad, growing up, was an incredible costume maker. He made me a Ninja Turtle when I was like, I don't know, a kid. Which turtle were you? Uh, Leonardo. I, Have to I be. was always the, the basic um, getting our so garlic knots delivered. As always, they look absolutely You didn't strike immense. me as a Donatello guy. Definitely not. And I, I kind of... Now I have the personality of a Raphael, but I, I was definitely a Donata or a, yeah, a Leonardo back in the day. I can see it. And nobody likes the Michelangelo, <laughs> but um, and then a couple years later, when I was in like middle, junior high, maybe late elementary, my dad made me a bagel costume. It was like, wow. it was basically like two cardboard bagel slices with like shoulder straps. Sure. Um, you were like a sandwich board, but a bagel. Yes, exactly. Okay. So I was the, the meat in the bagel sandwich. Got it. Um, I had a lot of people refer to me as donuts that night. <laughs> had to can tell them, no, it's, it's definitely a bagel. So I feel like that so kind of gives you insight into what kind of adolescent I, I was. I love it. Um, yeah, so that was that's my Halloween. Uh, but, you know. I, what do you love most about Halloween, and what do you love least about Halloween? Ooh, that's a good question. So most is definitely candy. I also this is gonna sound bad, but like I also really like not having our light on for kids when they're coming up trick or treating, just watching them walk by. That's like the ultimate flex, isn't yes, it? Yes, definitely. As you're like munching on a Reese's, you're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm an adult. There's more in here, but you can't have it. Exactly. Um, and least is is kind of all the weird like spooky stuff that comes with it sure, sure. how about you uh i would have to agree with you the candy um i used to be a big bobbing for apples fan i don't know if that's Ooh. legal anymore with kids and you know yeah. who, who knows what's happening that's but, true you know that kind of stuff and then I, I agree with you the really spooky stuff i'm ready for the cobwebs and the inflatable lawn ornaments to come down on november 1st definitely and they'll be re replaced with infra inflatable root uh rudolphs oh my gosh yeah, definitely uh, I feel like maybe what tainted my view of Halloween also is the fact that I grew up in northern Michigan, and usually on Halloween it was, like, 
26 degrees and raining. <laughs> like, even as a kid, there's only certain things that your enthusiasm can w- outweigh. Right. And that weather, that was just never it. No. Even if your mom would uh, design the costume to have your coat underneath, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, True Michigan tradition. 100%. Yes. Um, so if you want to get in touch with you, Ken, we are on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Hosted by Jay Hall, and Alex is at aurban91. And as always, the podcast, Anna, is presented by Moots Pizzeria and Bar, the Motor City's only authentic New York pizzeria. It's a staple in the Detroit pizza scene and is among the best of the best we have to offer here in Motor City. Some of our favorites are the Uptown and the Bronx Pizza, the Bee Sting, and, of course, the world-famous Garlic Knots that are sitting in front of us, which is why I'm trying to get through the read so quickly. Uh, so they have some killer cocktails uh, and some very well-priced beer and wine as well. Stop in with friends for a few slices or grab a pie or even hit the authentic slice counter. It's going to be an instant favorite. Visit MootsPizzeria.com to learn more or to place an order, and don't forget that they offer validation of parking in the Z-Lot up to two hours. Tell them that Jordan and Alex sent you. I'm Blaine Hardy, and you're listening to the podcast, Giannos. So we just consumed our dishes here at Moots. I got the peasant pasta, which was fantastic. This is my second time getting pasta, both of them. Just absolutely amazing. I would try and read what is actually in the pasta, but there are many, many Italian words. Um, (laughs) Prosciutto. Uh, and, a, and a Romano cream sauce. It was it was great. Alex, what, you had the the lasagna pasta, the lasagna or pizza, pie, lasagna yeah. pizza. Yeah. So uh, with some ricotta cheese, you know, sauce on the top. You can't beat pizza or pasta from a place that's owned by an Italian man, and that's what Moots is. Thought about getting the sandwich. Maybe uh, still still one, still one more trip. That's right. I think sandwich is the only thing that I need to hit to hit the uh, the Moots bingo. <laughs> um, so let's get into it. Um, it is obviously the postseason. The Tigers are not factoring into it. Have you enjoyed uh, baseball postseason so far? I have. Um, I have to say my favorite moment was Boston getting knocked out. <laughs> I am as petty as they come. But, no, you know, it's been really interesting. Um, I like to see Atlanta in it. They, Atlanta reminds me of Detroit in the way that, like, they haven't had a lot of fanfare. They haven't had championships stacked like some other cities. Um, and I, I root for any city that, that has a team that's been there for the first time in a while, even though... You could say the Atlanta Falcons were the Super Bowl somewhat recently. Um, but Freddie Freeman, Acuna, you know, all those guys, they're fun to watch. You love the story about their skipper. Um, and you know what? I I like the Astros, too. So Yeah. Do you, do you find yourself less inclined to root for them this time around than last time? Because I feel like basically we were all Astros fans the first time they were in the series. Yep. I guess without Verlander there, it's just a little bit less like, oh, yeah, it's Tigers adjacent. I'll be petty again and say I want them to get so close that uh, Carlos Correa tastes the champagne, <laughs> but he needs that taste again, so he signs with us, and he's like, let's go get it. All right. I, I completely so, agree with all of that Braves logic. in seven, if you will. Oh, there we go. My favorite bit was, you know, I, honestly, I came prepared to say that the Red Sox not making the World <laughs> Series, too. Um, I feel like that's a bit redundant at this point. Um, the weird Jock Peterson ride has been yes. really fun. The Pearls, like... I wouldn't have necessarily pegged him as a character, but it turns out that he's he's quite the the showman. Yes, coming out of his shell, yeah. uh, you know, adding some flair to that team, some excitement. Everybody needs that kind of person when you ride to the World Series. I feel like you know what else is going to be the posters hanging in your neighborhood bar for centuries. Yeah, that's true. That's the thing. This time of year, it it gets people drinks paid for for the rest of their lives. Yep. Um, 
the other thing, I had somebody, is actually one of my good friends, tweeted, it was the anniversary of the big poppy home run off Joaquin Benoit, and he tweeted me the video, was like, hey, Jordan, do you remember this? I sure do. Right. And Did he include a trigger warning? I mean, I feel like you can't just send that to someone. Oh, no, it, but the purpose was to, was to trigger. I see. Um, and the thing is, is that Benoit had him struck out earlier in that at bat if the umpire had just rung him up. That's yep. That's just scientific facts. You want to talk about Halloween and scary? Still haunts my dreams. <laughs> yeah. So that being said, the image of Tori going up over the wall, oh. legs in the air. I don't. I hate it, but it is one of those iconic baseball moments. It just sucks that it was at our expense. I was at a wedding recently with my. It was a friend of my wife's and uh, a good friend of hers. Her fiance is a Boston lifelong Red Sox oh, fan. Oh yeah, you know, I'm, I'm chatting with him and I, I brought up that moment and just the, the smile that crossed his face. It reminded me of you know like Maglio hitting the home run. It's that kind of a memory for him. And I was just like, God. Yeah, and the only difference is you like, can't enjoy that. They've actually hurt for everyone. Won some. Like we, yes. we yes. the Maglio home run was amazing, and then we didn't finish. Like. Did, so you would have been a little bit younger when Mags hit that home run. Like, do you remember what you were oh, feeling yeah. as that? So that, it was 2006, and, um, you know, I grew up as a little guy with the wings, so I had, mm-hmm. you know, that winning culture. Um, and then the Pistons in 04, and they're in the finals in 05, and I was just like, this is great. You know, all our teams are on the up and up. I remember watching that game in my family room with my parents and just seeing, like, the crowd's reaction got me so juiced. And then I had to go to bed at, like, 10 o'clock. Oh, that's a killer. <laughs> but, uh, you know, everybody's talking about it at school the next day. And, and I, I was like, they're going to wax the Cardinals. Yeah, the there World was Series. no doubt in my mind. I mean, like, oh, it's it's yeah. over. Yeah, because I thought I – thought, I didn't think they'd beat the Yankees, and I didn't think they'd beat the A's yeah. at that time. I remember talking about it. And then I was like, there's no way they lose to St. Louis. St. Louis is, like, the worst team to ever squeak into the playoffs anyway. And that 06 happened. We couldn't, we couldn't feel the button. It was over. Yep. Yeah. I remember, I think, didn't Nate Robertson start game one against the Yankees? Like, (laughs) facing the evil empire, and we're throwing Nate Robertson out there. And, you know. They didn't have an answer to gum time. How how could you have an answer to gum time? (laughs) Um, So the point of all of this, get to the playoffs, win a World Series, hopefully. Um, We're going to need some help. I asked you to to think about who do you want to see the Tigers bring in this offseason, and who do you realistically think – might actually come in because those uh, I, we were discussing this over dinner like right now before the end of the the world series it's all conjecture it's all you know potential like who are the tigers going to sign they could sign anybody like we could go out and spend all kinds of money and as soon as this the free agent signing period starts is when the rubber hits the road and eventually we all have our hearts broken but we're still in that honeymoon period let's dream a little who do you think that we're going to bring in? Who do you want to bring in? Ooh. Obviously, other Ooh. than Correa. Okay. Although, you might as well start with him. Let's be honest. So, my, my three top needs. Shortstop is number one. A frontline starter, at least one, but I, I'll settle for one for number two. And a catcher for number three. Okay. My tiers for shortstop. Correa, Seager, Story, Baez as a, as a, a fourth, and you know what, Simeon, I don't, even though it's only like two years older than the rest, I don't trust the age. I completely agree. He's, he develops so late. Like, I don't know. I, I'm always, I always question, like, is this just a, a name bias thing? Like, all of those guys came up with pedigree, yep. and, you know, he wasn't necessarily quite the same level of prospect. Like, do I hold that against him, like, to that extent? Or 
But yeah, I, for whatever reason, I'm very Marcus Simeon leery, despite the fact that the last two years have been incredible. I mean, you can't knock the player whatsoever. But I'm um, also, I'm straight out on Javi Baez. Yep, I, same. I don't know. I think I, he was perfect in his role as like a, a super, super utility guy with the Cubs, right? Yeah. But I don't think you pay a guy like that the kind of money that he's going to be asking for. And I don't think he, I don't think he ages well either. I feel like he's got a lot of, I don't know. I'm, I was gonna say Victor, and like he's not the same player as Victor, but I could see them going downhill quickly in a similar manner. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Oh, it absolutely does. And I, I hope that they are past the point of paying for what players have done in the past. <laughs> have we and done I, that before? Just a couple times. <laughs> and I, you know, it's different if they're a player that's come up through your, you know, not through your system, but you know, played for you for a long time. Yeah, Miguel exactly. Cabrera, you know, Mike Illich was rewarding him for doing yeah. that and with the Tigers. An all-time great. I have no issues with a lifetime achievement contract. Sure. Like, it, it's not ideal now, but he deserved it. I, but, I totally agree. But you're not going to pay someone else's superstar for what yeah. they did with another team. Exactly. Yeah. What are you? Uh, shortstop. Shortstop. I I completely agree. Like that is the number one priority. I was a big Willie Castro guy. I thought he was that guy. Yeah. I still have an ember of hope burning for Willie Castro, but I, I mean, if I had the choice to go out and get somebody, I mean, I would take that 10 times out of 10. Um, I feel like it's kind of Correa or bust. He's the name that's been linked with us so heavily, and you could easily see Story ending up in New York and Seeger going back with the Dodgers. I feel like Correa is kind of that one guy that's like, there isn't a natural fit for him. And maybe, I mean, let's be honest, it's probably just Tiger's tinted glasses that makes me think that it's going to happen. But I, I do think that this one actually might. So It, it give, <clears throat> gives you shades of the free agency years of the past, right? Where you're kind of, you, we're, we're in the race for every, yes. like I remember when we signed Victor Martinez, I was like, Mike Gillich just opened it up and got him. Yeah. You know, he went out and got the player and, you know, regardless of the cost and, and then, then did it again, what, two years later with Prince? Yeah. Yeah. Prince, and, and then they got Jay up, and we were talking about Jordan Zimmerman, Jordan Swimmerman earlier. Jordan Swimmerman, RIP. Uh, yeah, but, you know, it's starting to feel a little bit like that, and it's refreshing, but I'm tapering my expectations because what if it doesn't happen? Yeah. Well, then, then we have a similar season we had this year, I guess. I, I'm Charlie Brown, and Al Avila is holding the football. <laughs> that might be the best uh, analogy I've certainly ever heard on this show. <laughs> All right, so let's get into your starting pitchers. Okay. Say that you want a, a front-line guy, yep. um, possibly two. I don't foresee us getting both a shortstop and a front-line guy. But, we, I mean, we desperately need at least one more arm to fill out the rotation. Probably more than that if we want to actually have, you know, quote-unquote depth. Yep. And, and hopefully not a uh, Julio Tehran or a... Right. I mean, I guess we did well with Willie Peralta, so maybe, maybe I shouldn't poo I, on the idea too much. Yeah, I'm, I'm very pleased with Willie Peralta, but so let's say we don't get one of these top-named shortstops. I hope we do, but if we don't, let's spend big on a starter. My three, there's three names. Marcus Stroman, love him. Noah Syndergaard. That's a very interesting name. And uh, I hate to include him, but just because I think he still has some, some tread on the tires, Scherzer, more than Verlander. Interesting. For the pitchers that they are, novelty, sure, Verlander. But Scherzer, I feel like, can still be a top-line pitcher for you. I'm trying to think of what it would cost, but it would it would actually be a very interesting exercise to bring them both back. 
The problem is, is I feel like there's not as much of a discount as you need to actually do that. I, like, I totally if agree. If you could get them each at like 15 mil per season yeah. and have the two of them kind of turn, like combine into one ace, like that would be. <laughs> but I mean, you're still paying borderline ace money for, for both of them, I unfortunately. Agree. And the, the age scares me. Obviously, you don't know what you're going to get from Verlander coming back from yeah. Tommy John. Yeah. I feel like I feel like with Verlander, there's a certain bit of, you know, Brady Ronaldo to him that like, I kind of think he's just gonna come back humming. I mean, I I would take him in a heartbeat, and same with Scherzer. Like, yep. Scherzer is such a competitor. Give me him all day long. Like, he is probably gonna die on a major league mound. Like, I'm <laughs> I'm willing to go down with that ship. He's a dog. He, he is. is. He's just a bulldog. Cindergard is the name that that you brought up that I love. Like, there's. There's still talent there. Like, talent like that doesn't disappear. He hasn't gotten the results that the stuff should have. Previously, I'd be like, well, we're clearly not the team to get that out of him. But we just might be now. Spread a little of that better. Better magic, know. yeah, Some absolutely. Better cheese, if you will. <laughs> I, w- I very much will. Um, <laughs> Robbie Ray is the other name. Um, I love it. A little I, reunion. I, what? A little reunion. Yeah, a little reunion. Yeah. I, uh... We traded Shane Green for him, right? Or traded him away for Shane Green? I believe so. That probably wasn't our best move. Um, Amongst other not good moves. And then he came over with uh, Lumberdozy and Ian Kroll, right? Yes. In the Fister deal. Yes. We should... Okay, so we, we... People talk about all of the bad deals that are made all the time. And this was obviously before Avila. But looking back, moving Fister to get Robbie Ray, like, that actually isn't a terrible idea. We just didn't have the patience to develop it. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, which, classic uh, Trader Dave, but <laughs> I digress. Um, I don't think we have the money to sign Robbie Ray, but I feel like there's, for whatever reason, still a little bit of a stick. I think it's maybe the walk rates, which isn't, you know, it's admittedly higher than you'd want. Yep. But I feel like he's not going to get quite that tippy-top ace money that he maybe deserves based on this past year. Um, it could be a bit of a value play, but I, I'm pessimistic that we actually make a splash in that regard. I could see it though, and I think you're right. I think, and this is just just me, but I sense some, uh, you know, people aren't buying into him as much as maybe they should because yeah. he's he's took a while to really bloom as a pitcher. There's still some skepticism in the league about the pitcher that he is, but mm-hmm. uh, maybe that plays into a team's fortune. Is it the Tigers? I agree with you. I don't think so. Uh, but I'd love to have him. I yeah. think he, you know he's he would be a nice building block with the young guys. Stroman worries me a little bit. I, I mean, clearly I would take him. Like he is a, a dynamite pitcher. The, it's just the frame. Like sure. being that small, yeah. I, I worry about how he. I mean, if we can get him for two or three years, though, I mean, he clearly has that left in the tank. Right. So that's an that's an interesting choice. Um, and like we said, I and I unironically really hope they bring back Willie Peralta like I, I yeah, actually oh, think there's some something there which is not a, a statement I would have I was said. thrilled absolutely thrilled with him so and like I, I made fun of Tehran and Irene earlier in the show but I do hope they take a couple swings like that and I'm, and I'm sure they will um, there's virtually nobody that I don't think Fetter, Fetter can make just a little bit better and sometimes it's just marginal gains like that that turns a guy from being kind of meh to slightly better than meh which 
We, we need guys that are like that to eat some innings. So. I totally agree. Um, All right. And, and if we've seen anything this year, it's that you need that depth in yeah. the starting. You know, whether you're going to stash them at Toledo or it, you just can't have guys that you're throwing out there. And it was way too many bullpen days for what they're trying to do moving forward, what that happened this season. Yeah, and I, I don't suspect it's going to change. Like, we'll – like, Mize, I would imagine, will get more of a full load. But I, I can't see them running out Scooble and Manning – and anybody else from from the farm in quite that same like get the ball every five right. days and pitch as long as you can like I still think they're going to treat both of those guys with kid gloves and yep. that's going to leave a lot of bullpen days. Totally agree. Maybe maybe we need to assign a couple more lo- a couple more Tyler Alexanders. Maybe that's the key. <laughs> see what Alexi got. No more mustache either, right? Really, I yeah. didn't see that. So I guess the day after the season, and he said uh, he he had it only for the season, and he said it was very annoying, so he couldn't wait to shave it. I can imagine. Which is yeah. heartbreaking. I wish I could, you know, <laughs> well, grow mustache. he's got time. you got time. There we go. Yeah, he's, he's um, and then my last need, catcher. Yeah. All right. Talk to me about it. It's time to dabble in the trade market, Jordan. It's time for El Avila to put on his suspenders, <laughs> hike up the pants, and go for it. You I know, agree. There's not – There's it, it's incredibly thin class at catcher. You know, everybody that I looked up from the free agent side of things is just was unexcited. They're not going to do anything for you. I think right? El Buffalo's back out there. Yeah. yeah. Well, he was. Uh, <laughs> he's a little later in the broadcast. So I'm going to bring him up. Uh, but you know, I would love for them to really take a swing. Wilson Contreras. Oh, I like that. So you know, sometimes you're you own a major league baseball franchise. Swing for the fences. No pun intended. Yeah. You're trying to build something. We need help at, at, at catcher. Go get a guy. He is such a foundation piece, too. A high on base guy. Calls a great game. I, I love that. I've, I've not heard anybody make that that call, but I, I love that. I And they're in such a rebuilding. The Cubs, they're in such a rebuilding phase that like I don't think it would cost the world to get him. I don't That's think really so. interesting. I'm, I'm all in on that. When's the last time Al has made, I mean, literally nothing immediately comes to mind. Kind of a slightly under the radar deal that has improved the team in a in a like any sort of substantial way. Right. I don't think. And correct me if I'm wrong. We've never seen him actually as a buyer in terms of trades. No, I don't think so. So I would be very interested to see and all the guys that they brought in under him and you know the Fetter and the Hinch effect. I want to see their evaluation of players that are actually going to come in and contribute right away. Yeah. That's a that's a very interesting call. Um, I'm. Weirdly, so I, I think Jake Rogers has established himself as a, as a very capable backup catcher. Yes. That the role of starting catcher is still there to be had. I kind of like Eric Haas in a way like, you know, next year is going to be bad. Yes. But I want to see him get the chance to do it. Um, but he also can spend some time in the outfield. Like he's not a guy that needs to be behind the dish all the time. No, yeah. I agree. Go get, go get me Contreras. I, I love that. Excellent. Um, so I would be lying if I said that I had any other big needs. Like, those are pretty obvious. Like, second base is clear for next year. Um, Jamer, like, those are the big ones. Um, let's move on to, let's give away some awards. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Excellent. It's kind of our first postseason episode. Um, I came up with MVP, Rookie of the Year, Cy Young, and bigot, Biggest Bust. Um, and then you had, I'm trying to think. There most was improved. Most improved. Yep. Um, all right. So let's. I'd like to start with you if I can. All right. So you want to start at the top or the bottom? Uh, start at the top. All right. So or, my, you know what? Start at the bottom. Start at the bottom. All right. Sorry. Switching things up on you. Most improved. Most improved. So this is a tough one because there was a lot of guys that outperformed my expectations. Like, I mean, Akil is obviously the, the name that comes to mind um, in terms of. But I don't know what he was at before, so it's hard sure. to know how much yep. he improved. So what I'm going to go with is Jake Rogers. Um, oh. He has turned himself, in my opinion, and maybe I'll do a, both a, a pitcher and a catcher because someone else is, is also in my mind. But Jake Rogers has turned himself in from I mean, more or less on his last chance mm-hmm. coming into this year to probably a long-term part of the, the plan, at least injury dependence. Um and, you know, it's amazing what some reps will do for you. And then Tyler Alexander, I feel like we've discussed him a lot. But he – I was not a Tyler Alexander guy. He just kind of slowly has gotten a little bit better, a little bit better, and he's firmly in the plans now despite no real pedigree or anything like that. I mean, so I have co-most improved players – with uh, hopefully I haven't taken them from you. No, no, I love those choices. Do you think Tyler Alexander breaks camp next year in the starting rotation? That is a very good question. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say he starts there. I feel like breaking camp is kind of classic for maintaining the status quo. He might not stay there, but I would imagine that he will start there. Okay. And I'm... I'm coloring me curious as to what that looks like. Sure. I love it. All right. For uh, most improved, I had Robbie, uh, not Robert, Robbie, because <laughs> two Bs based on balls, Grossman. <laughs> Got it? Uh, so I, I was very pleased. I thought it was uh, an interesting signing. I was like, all right, what's this guy going to do? Kind of like a, a two-year stopgap kind of guy. He was the first multi-year contract they handed out in a while. But he, you know, pretty much every – measurable metric improved and this is a career year yes so yeah, 31 I, whatever I was, it is yeah. i was really thrilled um and he, he was my most improved and willie peralta honorable mention for sure yeah i don't love to toot my own horn but on give or take this show last year uh robbie was one of the guys that i'm like it'll be a good signing for us Great call. Um, i'm i'm the, a premonition i'm the type of guy that on the show loves to have like five 4A type outfielders and just mix and match <laughs> like that was he, he's a classic guy like yes. that that you know there was a little bit more in the tank yeah I, I love it was it. great I was great love Robbie uh, biggest bust Big, I mean you alluded to it earlier there's only <laughs> I mean I guess we could go with Urania or Tehran but sure. or I don't know Bazaar I guess <clears throat> the collective free agent signing class is the biggest bust but El Buffalo was rough Wilson Ramos, and then true to form, signs with the Cleveland Indians. 
and hits a bomb off the Tigers. And I was like, you know, you couldn't. You, it was inevitable. You could ask any Tigers fan to write that. And then he blows out his ACL, and you kind of feel bad for like, him. But You're when, like, oh, yeah, that, that makes more sense. I was excited for the signing. I was like, yeah, this guy's arguably one of the worst pitch framers and defensive catchers in the league, but he can mash, he can rake. And the guy was, you know, he had a, a bat made out of Swiss cheese. So he couldn't yeah. hit anything. Yeah, he, I, don't, I can't remember off the top of my head, but he had to have hit, like, fourth or fifth on opening day yeah. and then yeah it was you know they for a one-year deal they gave him a little bit of cheddar <laughs> and they gave him all that cheddar <laughs> yeah uh Cy Young Cy Young this is a little bit tougher I feel like there's no no real standout um I feel like Casey is probably the choice um but that's I mean Casey was was perfectly he was good um Maybe a lack of other options. I'll tell you who was on pace to be it, though, was Turnbull. I mean, yes. granted, it was oh, what, what a three or four starts before he eventually succumbed, but he, he started off really well. He arrived. I mean, you know, that no-hitter, you're like, we really got something here with yeah. the staff. And then Detroit Sports. <laughs> exactly. And once again, a special shout-out to Tyler Alexander. Like, doing it in so many different roles. Yes. Um like, I mean, clearly he wasn't our best or most valuable pitcher. Well, maybe he was the most valuable pitcher. Clearly wasn't the best. But there's certain, something to be said for a guy that goes out and performs in several different roles. Absolutely. How about you? I, uh, Casey Mize as well. You know, I was really pleased with uh, the steps he took forward. He had a little bit of a rough start to the year. I mean, yeah. you know, there was, there was rumors that. that he might not have even made the club breaking camp. Yeah. Uh, but he really kind of got on track. It was the improvements that I wanted to see. I really think they did it right with uh, how they managed him. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I love that they didn't shut him down like halfway through the season. You know, they kind of like had those three inning starts, and while it's very aggravating, you know it's going to pay dividends in the future. Yeah, for sure. Um, I it, I've always said that I expect Tarek Skubal to be the better pitcher of the two in the long run. Yeah. Uh, but he outperformed Tarek Skubal by a pretty wide margin when it was all said and done. Yeah, I mean he's he, I mean he's clearly the more polished, but I. I tend to agree. Like, I think there's a higher ceiling with Scooble. Yep. It's just a matter of him, and I'm crossing my fingers here, just a matter of him reaching that. But, yeah. yeah. Keeping we'll the ball in the ballpark. Yeah, know. that would be a good start. <laughs> and he's clearly not the only Tigers lefty in recent memory to have issues with keeping the ball in the ballpark. Ooh, yes. <laughs> um, rookie of the year. Rookie of the year. It it can't go anywhere else but Akil. Um, Akil is just the man. I love that dude. I did not see that coming. No. But did anyone? And I mean, if you I don't did, think you I, I yeah. need the winning lottery numbers. Yeah, for real. You know, a guy picked by the Minnesota Twins organization, I think I want to say 2018, in the second round, never hit above high A. Yeah. You know, had that big surgery. And he, he, they draft him, and you think they're just going to stash him. It's going to be uh, who did the last real pick, five pick that they got? Outfielder. Uh, Jose Reyes? Oh, Victor Reyes. Victor Reyes. Yeah. Uh, you think it's going to be Rick Reyes all over again, where they're just going to—he's going to be the very end of the bench, and he's going to get in there at garbage time. And this guy's mashing on opening day, right? Like, yeah. First pitch he ever saw in the major leagues. It over the fence, Fairy so. tale story. Yeah. I'm, as a psychology experiment, I'm curious what happens if he doesn't get off to an amazing start. Yes. You know, but I mean, I obviously, agree. history is written by those who succeed. Like, but that had to have played so much into his confidence that propelled him. But I don't know. He, he has a very good approach. Like, I, I do think it was probably always in the cards. Yep. But it happened so much faster than maybe it should have because he got off to that scorcher. 
as much as I, I dump on Alavila, you got to give him credit to whoever yes. made that decision. It was a great pick. It was on no one's radar. Um, I couldn't tell you any other name in the Rule 5 draft. I know I wanted other players at the time. Yes. And at <laughs> this point, sure. I'm like, you didn't have the first pick, whoever did. Why aren't you taking a kill Badu? Yeah, yeah, for real. I feel like <laughs> Rule 5 is such a crapshoot. I always oh, have yeah. somebody going in, and I'm like, oh, that's the guy. And then I'm always disappointed because they take Victor Reyes or Reed Garrett or Daniel Stump. Oh, yeah. But this, I'll it give it to him. Man. This time it worked. And then, you know, I was disappointed when Will Vest got picked up by Seattle. Yeah. And he's back in the order. So you're totally right. It's a crapshoot. Uh, but Akil Badu, welcome to Detroit. You endeared yeah. yourself to the fans, and I hope you get off to a hot start next year. Prove that you're not a flash in the pan because this organization needs that kind of a player. For sure. Special shout-out to Eric Haas. As much as we didn't see a keel coming, we did not see that coming either. Yes. Um, like I said, I suspect that he's in for a rude 2022, but I think he's earned the chance to go through that. So I totally agree. All right. The big one. MVP. Uh, my MVP, A.J. Hinch. I would. I knew you were going to get cheeky on me. Yep. Uh, I, well, I, I mean, I think he's just – you're talking about changing the culture in, in an organization. I really hate to be cliche, but – there's, there is something completely different about how the Detroit Tigers are run as a baseball team. Yeah. And I think the way that they're hiring within the system for player development, the people that they're bringing in. I mean, he had a huge hand in bringing Chris Fetter here. I can't say enough about A.J. Hinch. Yeah, completely agree. And it's not dissimilar to Leland coming in. Yes. I mean, brought in Leland, then signed Maglio, and that just kind of jump-started the, the first wave. Hopefully there's a Correa to follow Hinch to jumpstart the second wave. Like, I don't know. I History repeating itself. Yeah, I, I completely agree. If we're talking most valuable person in the organization, there is no doubt in my mind it's AJ. On the field, there's several options. I elected to go with Scope. He was oh, probably okay. the most dependable. Um, I mean, Jamer's in that category. Honestly, Akil's in that category. Like, yeah. But I Scope was the guy you wanted up in that situation this year. Um, which is kind of, tends to be how I choose who I think is most valuable. I, but. It's a great choice, and he earned that contract. I, I loved that they gave him the contract, yes. and even that he, he had a little bit of a choir end of the season after he got it. He earned it, and I think you need some stability, especially at the cornerstone. Yeah, and I think that sends a message to some of the other guys, like this is we're, we're in it for the long haul now as opposed to continual one year, one year, one year. Like, I get the purpose of doing that, but it does send a certain message that everyone here is transient. Yes. And how do you build, like you're talking about, a culture when likely 50% of the guys in the clubhouse aren't going to be here next year? I totally but. agree. If I was going to go with the player, uh, Candelario, I, I thought he was – he's took so from where he was in, in 2019 – where you know he was like a fringe getting cut from the team, or maybe it was 2020, whatever. Going into there that was season. calls for him to be sent down at right. points, yep. whatever year that was. They all was, run together. He was, he was one of your best offensive players. I think he was close to leading the league in doubles. At least he did for a, a short time there. I think he ended up tie. I don't know. He was yeah. He was very close, if not at the top. So very very pleased with that production, and uh, he was my on the field MVP. Yeah, which something to be said about that. There's. Not that many guys that, that that is the case for. Absolutely. What up, fam? This is, of course, your boy Jordan here to tell you about one of my all-time favorites, Moots Pizzeria and Bar. It is the only authentic New York pizzeria in the Motor City and has become a staple in the Detroit pizza scene. You know me. I don't play when it comes to pizza, and this is where it's at. 
Amongst the best of the best that they have to offer are favorites like garlic knots, the Uptown and the Bronx pizza, Gemelli pasta, and that chocolate lava cake is hotter than Andrew Romine in April. And they have some killer cocktails and a great beer and wine selection. Stop in with friends for a few pies and grab an authentic slice from the slice counter. It's going to be an instant favorite. Visit MootsPizzeria.com to learn more or to place an order. And don't forget, they validate two hours of parking in Lot Z. Tell them Jordan and Eric sent you. All right, so it's not a traditional power rankings, but you have ranked something. You want to wade into these waters? I'd love to. Uh, All right. So in honor of the World Series, I want to take everyone, close your eyes, (laughs) sit down at your favorite stadium, whether it be Tiger Stadium, Comerica Park, wherever it is, and you're going to order a piece of food. And I want you to rank those foods from five to one and, and what they are. Do you have in mind what your rankings are at number five? I'm putting you on the spot. Ooh. All right. If you need, if you need, here's my list straight in front of me. If you need some ideas. So, all right, let's go. Burger is a great choice. Mm. There's only so many, so much you can do to ruin a burger. Like it's a very safe ballpark choice. Um, Let's see. Let's go. Burger at five. Burger at five. Chicken tenders at four. Ooh. I am a huge chicken tendy guy. Excellent. Um, I, I mean, that is, other than coming to Moots, that's more or less my order most places. <laughs> I have the palate of a child. Um, you know who had uh, excellent tenders and fries? Oh, The Palace. Me. Really? The Palace had such good meaty chicken tenders and, and such crispy fries. That was my go-to at the Palace all the time. Huh. RIP, pour one out for the Palace. <laughs> Speaking of the palace, did you watch the Malice at the Palace documentary? I refused to watch it because I heard that it was the perspective of oh, uh, it Ron is Artest. massively slanted. It would, in it that. would boil my blood too much, so I'm not going to give yeah. uh, Metal World Peace the satisfaction. Good call. Yeah, that, that's wise. It it was interesting, but it was heavily, heavily pacer slanted. I believe it. <laughs> and also, Jermaine O'Neal comes across as a deeply sad individual like that de- that defined who he is as a person and like ev- like i think he was maybe the executive producer of the documentary and it was basically just a, an exercise of him trying to exercise the demon of that night like it was <laughs> yeah he came across as somebody who desperately needs to move on and just can't maybe he should see somebody um so we got burger at five burger at five tendies ice cream um Ooh. I mean, choice. that is always... Summertime at the ballpark. Yeah, Absolutely. definitely. Then I'll go hot dog. And number one, nachos. Specifically at Comerica. You know I'm into them. The shawarma nachos. Shawarma nachos. You cannot beat those. Shout right. out to the homies in Dearborn, man. Yes, Absolutely. definitely. All right. I, I think Lay those it on are me. great rankings. Uh, myself, pizza. Pizza always a good if choice. you can find a slice that's a little bit better than the knockoff hot and ready, uh, <laughs> I think that's great. Uh, number four burger. Wait, wait, before we move on, okay. I do I want to do talk. I do want to talk about the pizza at Comerica. Sure, it is the the pizza at Comerica looks better than any hot and ready you will see anywhere else in the world. That's true. I don't know why, but it's like they put all of the effort of making pizza, like Little Caesars corporate, into making it at Comerica. Like I mean, hot and ready's everywhere else are just straight up crap. Yes, but at the ballpark they're like. Oh, they're, this is well, real deep pizza. dish, right? Oh, is that the difference? Yes. Oh, that so makes they're sense. Thicker, they're cheesier. Um, I think it's not so much that those pizzas—they're good. 
But I hate paying like seventeen dollars. Oh for, yeah, that's for two obscene. large slices. Yeah, you get that's a, you get places. our moots meals here for right. less than that, and, and it's I, I a will, thousand it, times if better. If I may throw in there, prior to COVID, you could bring any food item into Comerica Park oh. from the outside. So I remember one time I walked in with a fistful of a shawarma sandwich from Bucharest, <laughs> and I stunk up the entire <laughs> section around me, and I was in heaven. Shout out to Bucharest! Oh my gosh, great, great, unbelievable. Uh, okay, so I got the pizza at five, the burger at four. Burgers are are tough at the ballpark, I will say. I've had some ballpark experiences where they're a little. You can tell they're just they're they're moving them too quick back there, but a good burger at the ballpark. Um, if you're ever outside of Comerica Park, exploring the city, uh, hit up Corkstown Nemo's Nemo's Bar. Nemo's Bar, all right. Excellent burger over there. It used to be my tailgate spot for opening day. Number three, nachos. Excellent choice. Classic. Uh, number two, I'm a big peanuts guy. Are you? Big like, peanuts guy. Shelled? Yes. Wait, so you, I don't eat them with a the shell. I crack them. Well, right, but you, so you're willing to put in all the work? Absolutely. Oh wow. I feel like it's a big ballpark experience for me. It is, but it, I'm I'm far too lazy. I I refuse to eat anything that's not shelled for me. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, and then number one, I got to get a dog at the ballpark, just yeah. like I have to get a dog at the turn when I'm golfing. Oh, for sure. <laughs> got to yeah. get a dog at the ballpark. And those are my uh, stadium rankings. I like it. I like it. Very succinct. I'm tell Eric, maybe five's the right call. Seven might be too much. <laughs> Speaking of Eric, this is we'll wrap up with this. PETA put out a tweet recently that wants baseball to change bullpen, the phrasing, be, to arm barn. Apparently, the bullpen is where the cow, the cows go before they're slaughtered, I believe, is, is the origin of the phrase which is obviously something PETA is against sure how do you feel about arm barn um i i definitely laughed when i saw it and i think they do this just to get their name in the in the headlines of course course. but um i cracked up at some of the names that were, were put out there as alternatives and i saw eric's thread which made me think of you guys immediately uh, and he he was just cracking me up. All right, so let's go through some of the ones that Eric has has listed. Um, first is his arm barn. He has the Huck Huck Paddock. That doesn't even rhyme. <laughs> that that's not his best work. Uh, the th- <laughs> the throw dojo. I very much like that. The throw Joe. The oh, even better. Love when you can combine uh, the aid stockade. I feel like he's playing fast and loose there. The clo- closer enclosure. I love that one. The hurler, that my favorite of hurler parlor. That doesn't rhyme either. Uh, and the relief sheaf. <laughs> Save enclave. Fastball Taj Mahal. The fling ring. <laughs> the to- toss house. Fernando Cotton And he's got a gif of Fernando Rodney and Hoffman Estates. I have a Fernando Rodney story for today or oh, another day. Always today. All right. Always today. When he was a rookie, and I want to say 05, 06, you know, early 2000s, when the bullpens used to be in the right field seats. Oh, that's old school. I, the entire game stood at the edge of the bullpen. Fernando, throw me a ball. <laughs> throw me a ball. For innings on end, I don't know how my parents are like. Somebody didn't grab me. I'm sure the people around wanted to just slap a child <laughs> more than they ever wanted to their life. And by like the seventh inning, he just breaks down and throws me he a throws ball. Throws you a ball. I just take it, go back to my seat. I mean, that is just the picture of persistence. Like yes. you earned that ball. I you did. still have it? I'm sure I do somewhere. I, I've I've been lucky enough to get that one, and I think I've caught two balls in my life. Really? Yep. Not not just foul, one. Foul balls. All foul balls. That's impressive. 
Right place, right time, and they're all bouncers. Like they mm. bounce off the back of a seat, and went three sections over and five seat, you know, rows up. Were you That's pressured me. to give it to a kid? Uh, I have not caught one as an adult. I've been younger. Oh, so when you I've were a kid. Okay, yeah, so yeah. that's good. These days, I would say because I have caught them in my life, I would give them to a kid. But had I not any time before that, I would keep it. Yeah, that's it's a big debate in my friend group what, what we would do. It's a sticking point. I'm I, I, I until I'm in that situation, I can say for sure I don't know what I would do. I'd like to think that I would give it to a kid. But we'll never. I mean, we'll probably never know because I'm not the type of guy that gets in a scrum for a, a foul <laughs> ball. Um, yeah, well, I guess maybe someday we'll find out. But, Love it. Were uh, there any other arm bars? I honestly, I I kind of like arm bar. Like, I, I think that that's like I'm not like I I love animals more than most people, same. but I can't get down with the whole PETA thing. But this one, I think they nailed it. Arm barn is, I think it's great. I mean, it, it's fun, and they they did something where they were kind of off the cuff, and I don't even know if they realized what they did, but yeah. I loved Eric's. My favorite of his was the closer and closure. <laughs> I have the throw Joe, the gas station. The gas station. I, that's a, that, that works on so many levels. You got your refilling, like, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. The armory. That's good, too. And then uh, a specific name for the bullpen cart, the reliever retriever. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that started off hot, and then... I don't know what happened to it. Maybe just nobody used it. Maybe. I mean, it takes a certain character to use that. That's true. I'm trying to think. Do we have anybody out there that would, like, lean into that? I feel like if Phil Coke was still around, oh, he would. Oh, yeah. Would. Phil would be a, a big cart guy. He'd probably be driving it and then, you know, get hand the wheel over. Yeah. Maybe Joe. Joe Jimenez? <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure Joe's going to have the chance He'll to He'll drive do it up to I-75 from Toledo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of gas again on the on the highway <laughs> oh boy well alex thank you so much for joining me here in the d again. if you, you want to get in touch with either of us i am at hosted by jay hall alex is at a urban 91 and as always a huge thank you to our sponsor moods pizzeria and bar for hosting us food always amazing atmosphere is really good um makes a, a crappy night in detroit just a, a little bit better Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will catch you guys sometime in the near future. This has been a production of the Alpha Dog Podcast Network. Find more shows at alphadogagency.com slash podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.